Welcome to Intuitive Astrology with Molly McCord. Thank you so much for joining me for this bonus podcast episode that will only include a little astrology, but will mostly be centered around the energy of leap years and how our 3D time space continuum allows this to be a portal into our reality as well as an exit point from our reality. And I will be sharing with you more information and channeled messages that are arriving around this topic. And just to share, I did a previous podcast discussing more of the leap year energetics. This is essentially a part two that focuses on these channeled messages that came through towards the end of that podcast and it opened up into an invitation. This is very invitational. This is something I wasn't expecting, but it's an energy that I'm feeling, a presence that I'm feeling, and I will be sharing that with you here in just a moment. Now, I do want to pinpoint where to look in your astrology chart for more understanding around how this energy connects to you. And the leap day occurs on February 29th, 2024, when the sun is in Pisces. And this is actually the day that the sun moves from nine degrees to 10 degrees of Pisces. So you want to identify that degree point in your natal astrology chart, as this is where you have access to this energy and where you are being invited to expand your own experience of time, of energies of your reality, as well as how you can close or condense out certain energies that are no longer needed in your life. Now, it is important to look at the numerology of the number nine and the number 10, as the number nine is an energy of completions, of mastery, endings, as well as a spiritual point of understanding more of what you've been moving through. And then, of course, the next number is 10. And 10 is also connected to the numerology of one. And this transition point between nine and 10 in astrology is also where we move from the first decan to the second decan of the astrological degree points. And so there's strength here and intention here in that transitional energy. And because it's in Pisces, which is the energy of transcendence, dissolving mysteries that are unseen, feeling our way through the unknown, trusting what we can't see, and tuning into our own higher self wisdom. It's a beautiful gateway here at the nine and 10 degree point of Pisces in your chart. And if this is your birthday, if you were born on a leap year on February 29th of whatever year, then this is also really significant for your own spiritual gifts, for even how you might feel in the world. Like maybe you feel invisible at times, you haven't felt fully seen or understood. There's been confusion around your self-identity, your life path, your energy. There could even be a sense of your energy ebbs and flows in and out more effortlessly between dimensions. And so this would be something perhaps to deeply trust in yourself around that intention to come in on this day of 
opening and expanding energy portals, as well as how you're uniquely tapped into the gifts and the mysteries of that energy as well. And in fact, just a quick shout out to Seneva. Happy birthday, Seneva, because I know this is your birthday on February 29th. And she is somebody that I met at my Tulum astrology retreat. And her energy is just so beautiful, so bright, so effervescent, and a lovely offering of Pisces energy in the world. So for everyone, Nine and 10 degrees of Pisces in your chart is where you have access to the energy of this portal. And how it's being presented to me is a time traveler's energy portal. And as the energy opens up and expands, it also shows us the elasticity of our own experiences of time and how we are surrounded by many physical things that are concrete, tangible, real. They exist. And yet there's also this grand illusion that we move through, we flow through around time and what it really means, how we have established a calendar that sets up our day by hours, minutes, seconds, by weeks, months, years, and how all of that is a structure that we've learned to live our lives within, as well as how we age. They're showing me it's important for the human experience to understand our own aging, even though we now have access to working with that in new approaches, healthier approaches, new ways to understand what aging really is and what it is not. Because they're showing me too that as we move through our consciousness, we unravel parts of those assumptions around aging and we become not only more conscious of our bodies and what our bodies need to slow down the experience of time, but also how to strengthen ourselves across the time-space continuum. So this looks like it's part of a clearing of energy, a clearing and a strengthening of energy that we have access to that allows us to understand what it means to age in the human body, as well as to look at any preconceived notions that we've had about what that means, especially as we reach certain milestone years, such as let's say 50 years of age, 70 years of age, and how that energy is very different now than even 20 years ago, much less 50 years ago. I am channeling this information. I connect with my guidance team that is quite galactic and they come through in ways that I can receive and transmit these messages. And this is happening in a public forum so that anyone can have access to it who might benefit, who might be curious, or who might resonate with it. And when I channel, I tend to speak faster. So certainly slow it down if you need to slow down the playback. Um, Also know that things tend to come in quickly and I try to grab them and I also ask my team to slow it down please so that I don't miss the details or the imagery. I typically see the information coming in and presenting itself quite visually but I'm also Claire cognizant and so they will just also give me information to share and offer you. 
And as always, please honor your own free will, your own sovereignty, what resonates, what doesn't, as this is designed to be an offering that supports you and gives you something to consider that is empowering on your own journey with your own choices and with what you are moving through at this time. So the previous podcast on this topic ended with the presence of feeling three prominent elders and they presented themselves as one Mayan, one Aztec, one Inca and their energy was quite big. It felt like nine feet tall, very commanding, very strong and powerful, also quite clear. They each present as masculine and they each present as foundational energies to their own cultures. And I don't have names per se, but I see it as original energies who were very intentional in what they wanted to build on the planet and what they wanted to experience on earth, especially a very deep benevolent connection to nature, especially a very powerful connection to the cosmos and how there are places on the planet, multiple places, of course, where these energies have been grounded in. And so one of the first things they were showing me is how each of them has been able to experience some very beautiful gifts on the planet. And they're showing me the soles of their feet being deeply implanted through strong energy cords here to earth. And it almost looks like an anchor, an anchoring energy, a foundational energy that was very much about connecting to what this planet holds, what can be built and strengthened, what could be blossomed and how the energies could continue to prosper. And they're showing me that part of their guiding intentions that actually came from off-planet energies. So they're showing me that the energies were grounded onto the planet from off-planet from a cosmic source, and they're not showing me where, um, but they're saying that it was really about understanding the literal gravity of the planet, but also what is offered here on earth that is not found in other realms and other places, and how much can be built here. They keep saying built uh, because they were builders. They're showing me builders. They're showing me they could build a lot. And that was part of their driving intention was to build, develop, form, grow, make structures, make things that hadn't been made before. And that they were really invested in doing so with great benevolence, great love, great care for the environments they were in. And they're showing me not only having this deep rooted connection to earth, but that there was always that looking up, always aware that they were a part of a bigger system, bigger energy cycles, bigger energy flows, and that what they were accessing was that guiding energy into what they built. And of course, this is now known through understanding of the pyramids, of temples, of various sites that held a lot of energy, a lot of energy portals. They physically built these portals. They physically constructed 
sites that we would call ancient ruins that were recreations of what had worked in other places, on other planets. Um, they're also showing me some things did not work at all. Some things were a big failure and that there were things they couldn't figure out at the time. Um, they're showing me that they wanted to make more circular structures, uh, what we would consider a moon portal. And that wasn't always possible. Um, they're saying it was because of not only the tools or supplies, but because of whatever minerals they were working with. And so they realized a lot of things had to be at 90 degree angles instead of circular. So they're saying that some things really worked, some things really didn't. Um, but then they're bringing my attention to circles on the earth. And that one thing that was really important for them to embed and embody into the earth were circles as representations of spirals, of circles of time, and that their calendars directly resembled this journey through time. And they're saying that the circle was important because of how energy continues on. It always changes form. It moves from one thing to another. And they're showing me a brick. And it's actually a brick that looks quite I'm going to say soft, like it can, it can crumble. And they're saying, even if you take this brick in the solid form and you crumble it down, it becomes something else in the earth. And that was revered. Then that was seen as something new to create from or play with. And so they saw everything as a constant flow of energy, a constant movement that they were naturally a part of. And that part of their mastery was to work with these flows, not only through the seasons and the cycles, but through the calendar and through the ongoing changes that were ever present and even more extreme during their time here on the planet. And they're showing me that the circle of the calendar also represented the portal and the very middle of a calendar was a portal and that depending on how the energy lined up with the sun, with the planets, with the weather, that that was an opening into these portals that they used for time traveling and that they were able to move between different places and spaces because they were so naturally in harmony with the cycles on the planet. They didn't work against it. They didn't fight against it in the ways that maybe were presumed or thought. And in fact, they had they had a calendar with multiple time travel portal dates. And so now they're saying here in modern culture and in our 3D time-space continuum, we have one day every four years that could be called the time traveler's portal, that being February 29th. But in their calendar and how they calculated time, which is basically how they measured energy, how they measured energy, they had multiple days of the year that allowed them to be traveling through time, traveling through portals, traveling to different places. And that was something that was a part of their ceremonies and their rituals, um, that it was an honor to be selected, that only certain individuals could be selected. They're showing me um, certain sons or certain elders. Um, they said that there were different kinds of rites of passage that had to be met before 
someone would have access to to time traveling. And they said that it's some place where they could go and understand more. Like it was more about gathering information. They're saying it was educational, an educational process where these could be opportunities for someone to go to another, it just looks like another time spectrum, another experience, and they would gather that information, knowledge, studies from that time. Because now they're showing me Egypt. Um, They're showing me a time in the Egyptian calendar where it was like a back door into that reality. They're also showing me connections to Jordan, India, and somewhere near Saudi Arabia. And they're saying that there were some places on the planet where the energy was just easier to do this time jump, to do these leaping between realities, and that it was easier in areas that were natural, meaning they weren't built up cities. They're saying that the density of cities doesn't allow for this energy to exist. That's why it had to be in certain terrain and certain open places where the energy was quite pure and connected to the natural elements. And they're saying that part of what they were gathering was understanding more about how they could bring more galactic energies onto the planet to see if they would work. It was like a grand experiment. Like, let's just see how this goes. Let's see how this plays out. Now they're showing me uh, back to our, it's not the Gregorian calendar, it's like the Julian calendar. And they're showing me that when what we would call modern times started calculating the calendar, it actually ruined their whole experiment. It shut it down. It's like we we couldn't work within the constraints of this understanding of time and space. And now they're taking me back even further. And I don't even know what this would be called, like what time we would classify it as. It's definitely BCE, so before current era. But they're taking me back to show this calendar on the ground, a circular calendar, and how it was a portal of energy that could only exist in certain pristine conditions. And what they did was they burned everything, like they destroyed it and they got rid of what their experiments were because they knew it wouldn't be understood. It wouldn't be something that could even be duplicated. Um, They show me this energy as something that had to be completely deconstructed, just absolutely removed in order to honor what they were learning and what they were understanding. And they're showing me that each of these three different cultures and civilizations, Mayan, Aztec, Inca, also had different what we would call like sub assignments, like different specialties that they were looking at and playing with. They were also working with different elements to see what would improve an experiment or what would slow it down. And there was a lot of honor in this process and that they were known for being masters of time. 
masters of time in a way that we wouldn't understand because it's not part of modern culture. Um, But they came in with an understanding that time can be bent and stretched. And it's part of the illusion. It's part of what we move through in our human realities. They're also now showing me their DNA. Okay, they're, sh- they're showing me three strands of DNA. Three strands. So they are more evolved, more conscious, but it looks like our DNA, it just has another strand moving around it. And there was more that they could do with their energy. And there's something about their, their blood that was different too. I don't know how to describe that other than something about the composition of their bloodline. And it's like lighter. Um, Maybe it has different particles in it. There's something about the composition of the blood that's different. The DNA is different. Um, They say they have the ability to come back and retrieve what they need as needed. Um, But they also say that things have evolved on the planet, that they're not as pure as they once were, and that these are elders who came in with very strong, benevolent intentions for what they were doing on the planet. It was essentially light worker mission. It was essentially understanding that Earth was a playground for many experiments, and they learned a lot about what was essential and what was not. Um, They're showing me that there's some things they could only do here on this planet that they couldn't do in other realms or other places or even other geographical locations on the planet. So getting back to the calendar... They're saying that they actually went through multiple variations of calendars, that their calendar was always evolving, and that even our understandings of, say, the great Mayan calendar is only one version of what they played with or experimented with as it kept growing and altering. And they're saying that there are many calendars that they used in order to understand where they were in their experiment, where they were with their connection to these universal forces, to nature, uh, how to combine them, how to synergize them, like how they were meant to dance together in a really beautiful harmony. And that a lot of what they learned was quite beautiful, quite exciting. Um, They're saying that they were able to go through many of these time traveler portals and to continue to work with the energy of timing on the planet. And and now they're showing me something that I really am, I don't understand. I'm just going to say it. It looks like they discovered how to create a wormhole inside Earth. And I have no idea how that would work. It's like there's something about there is access on our planet to how we can bend and shape time, but it's covered up by a lot of density and it's covered up by electronics, technology, artificial 
influences, it can't be accessed in its purest state. And that's something that's very important is that in order for these energies to really be alive and to be accessible, they have to be in a very pure environment. And there's only remote areas on the planet where that would be the case. Because they're even showing me now that with everything going above the earth, flying around, the satellites, the drones, you know, everything that's even undisclosed or disclosed, uh, there's things that will interfere. And so that's why a lot of what they learned is no longer practiced uh, because there aren't many places on the planet where that pure state of connection with nature and the galaxy is available to us. Now they are showing me that some of the purest places that still remain on the planet are underground and they are in the earth and there are various subterranean spaces that have been untouched and literally haven't been found yet. They haven't been discovered and that they hold a very pure energy. In fact, they're showing me that there is some kind of, it looks like a shrine. It looks like some kind of underground shrine and the energy is very pure and they're showing me it as like a white hologram of energy is encapsulated there like it's just hanging out it's hidden it's very much energy from an original state of creation and again it's like this hidden pocket a hidden pocket and they're saying it probably won't be found oh wow because it's actually one of their access points it's one of the areas where they could continue to come in and out of this 3D time-space reality should they choose to do so. And they're showing me that there have been some time travelers who have arrived through these hidden pocket portals to come back to this planet. And it's been very challenging for them. The density and the disturbance of energies has been too much like they're showing me a young man with a really bad headache and and just feeling like he doesn't have the energy to move through the reality that he thought he would be entering so there's something about how these energies are visited but it's harder now because of what has changed on the planet especially over the last number of centuries. Now they are saying that because the energy on the planet has sped up, it's accelerated more from what they had experienced in their original incarnation on the planet, that that actually is part of not only the evolution of humanity and of Gaia, but that there's new things that can be created from the acceleration, that there are new ways of working with the time-space continuum that happens when we are outside of density, outside of the over-processing of the mind, and that it actually is more conducive to when we're in a sleep state and that those, what we would call dreams, are real. That we have the ability then to experience 
the time travel, the other portals, other realms. Um, they're showing me, it looks like a, like a dimensional overlay, dimensional overlay. And I don't know how else to describe it. It looks like two dimensions merging temporarily, sort of like putting a blanket on top of one reality. This could be how we experience access to those other realms. And then finally, um, they're sharing with me that they won't be returning. They're not interested in coming back here to the earth experiments. They're saying you're on your own. Um, basically that their time has passed in terms of what they needed in order to be successful or to be connected to the earth. And I'm seeing their energy has moved on. It, it's not just planets, it's other galaxies. I don't even have a name for it. It's it's just moved to other places where there isn't the density. And that part of what their intention was was to really bring to the planet more potentials and energies that wouldn't have existed otherwise had they not experienced the 3D reality. I'm actually feeling a very interesting telepathic connection with them. Their energy moves quite fast and they are also now presenting themselves as a collective energy field. So in the beginning, I shared that there was three of them, but now they're saying that they're, each energy represents a collective consciousness of wisdom and understandings based on what they have been through on earth. So they're saying that this calendar that we work with that allows us to stretch time is simply one very small specific example of how time can be stretched, of how we can work with other energies in a way that supports our own consciousness and our own experience, and that this is a beautiful gift to humanity when we work at it at this level, when we work at it from a high-level connection to what is possible in the time-space continuum. Again, the elasticity of it, the flexibility of it, and the portal energy that allows you to also move between more of your own intentions, more of your own timelines. And they're saying that is one of the best things you can do with this date on your calendar is see it as a timeline portal to be very intentional with your energy, what you want to create and what you want to let go of. And they're saying that humanity needs to let go of a lot, that you have too much. You have way too much. You've overdone it. You've exceeded things. You've taken on too much. You have too much in your physical reality, too much in your head. It's all too much. And so the way that you can release and let go the better you'll feel, the more in harmony you're going to be with the natural world. And they basically see our lives as filled with excess, filled with too much in every corner, and that it's not even supporting us, it's not even working for us. It's slowing us down and it has increased some of the density of our own lives that we don't even realize because we've normalized it. So they're basically saying that if you can use 
this time period to let go of things, to get rid of it, you will actually prosper more, you will feel lighter, and you will even feel a shift in your own reality that will support you for the long term. Okay, so this is meant to be part of our ongoing understanding of multidimensional energies, that this is a portal to access more that we intentionally want to release and get rid of, as well as what we want to call in to our individual energy fields that supports us in lightening our load, in being more flexible, adaptable, and even elastic, if you will. There's something about allowing ourselves to flow and bend with energies and also to reestablish our own connection to the universe in a new way, to really see more of how nature is connected to us, uh, to step away from the electronics, technology, our phones, computers, um, all of these streams of energy that we're surrounded by and to allow us to return to more of our natural state, our natural harmonious state with the elements and with the cosmos. And I believe that's all I have to share right now. So I hope this has been informative and beneficial. I realize it can sound very weird uh, depending on where you're at in your journey and what you believe and what you understand. Uh, But overall, I hope that this is something that can return you to greater harmony within yourself and what is essential in your life. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for connecting with me through these energies. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon here on my podcast. Take good care.